Welcome to the podcast. My name's Ian. And my name's Tony, and this is Tennis Today. There are moments when he switched off, when he switched off there. But then he produces a shot like that. Outrageous even by his standards. So, yeah, it's been a week since uh, Australian Opens wrapped up. Um, we had a few uh, smaller tournaments uh, on the ATP and WTA side that we'll recap at the very end and just kind of read through the results. But I, for one, was happy to not be glued to the television for the entire week. I, I've got a ton of stuff going on here, and I know you do too. So um, it was a, a much-needed week of relaxation for me. Yeah, I think uh, just kind of judging from you know what other Insta accounts and socials, you know, people covering tennis, it seemed like everyone kind of took took the week off because it's like a little little coverage here and there, but just little like adding stories of like oh you know boo you know Bublik one or whatever Ostapenko yeah. one. It's like okay cool, um, uh, but yeah, good uh, good to have a little week off, kind of a a rainy week in Southern California, so uh, a good opportunity to get a lot of stuff done off court. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the whole, maybe we'll have a conversation about this another time, but like the whole tennis calendar and like, you know, Australian Open ending and the next day there's another tournament starting, you know, or in three different places in the world. It's, (laughs) it's exhausting. I mean, I couldn't imagine as a player just like traveling from country to country like that. And, you know, you get knocked out in one of the rounds and you're, uh, you know, in another country in two days playing through another match. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's. It's a lot for me, and I couldn't imagine what it was like for a player. So, no, it has to be crazy. One one thing I am interested in, you know, if we if we do get our credentials, I'm curious to ask uh, who's planning this, their schedule. Like, is that them? Do they have the team? Like, how do you map all of that out between hotel bookings? I don't know how long I'm going to be in Vienna, and then I have to go to you know Dallas next week or whatever. So yeah. that uh, that's that's a fascinating part of uh, you know just tour life, I guess. Yeah. Actually, it would be amazing to have a conversation with somebody, you know, former player or current player about that. It would be great to have somebody on the podcast or even like somebody who is on the management side, like on the management team, kind of, uh, you know, in charge of doing all that booking. That would be like a complete nightmare for me. Like, I don't think I have the skill set to be that person because like I get paralyzed by choices. So like <laughs> I could never be the person for like, a, you know, a, a touring pro to, to kind of like map out that schedule and do all the booking. I think that would be awful. But I'd love to hear from somebody who does it. So, yeah, yeah, it was interesting, and I know we'll get we'll get to tour news later on. But I was looking at just what's going on this week. Three different tournaments, three different corners of the world, basically, and and it is interesting to see like what areas of the of the globe basically players will choose. Like, okay, I'm just going to play Europe after Australia, or I'm going to go to North America, or I'm going to go to South America, and uh, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, for sure, it's it's so crazy. First, we have an update from Tony's coffee journey and coffee adventures. Wow. You were able to finally hunt down a piccolo and uh, and honor Max Purcell in his coffee pursuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about a side quest, man. This uh, so I kind of explained this on on a story of mine, but this this whole thing kind of started with like when I when I'm posting from for a tournament, I'm usually posting with that location. So I'm posting, you know, in Australia. And I uh, just get a bunch of Australian content because that's kind of how the algorithm works. And I come across Max Purcell and his buddy, this dude who runs a company called Breakfast Shirts, which their whole thing is like 
they just wear funny shirts to go have good breakfasts uh, and kind of loiter around cafes and stuff. And that's kind of a vibe that I I, I personally really <laughs> enjoy. So um, anyways, I see they're drinking this drink, Pinkalos, and I've never never heard of it, never seen it. You know, I've, I'm a cafe enthusiast, so I was like, what is this? And I start messaging these guys and, hey, how, how can I order this? They're like, well, you know, you just go, you just go do it. It's like, all right. And uh, I think I went to like five cafes and nobody really knew what it was. They made me a cortado, which is close, but it's different. The ratio of milk to espresso is different. Um, anyway, so I find an Australian cafe, a proper Aussie cafe. Uh, Max Purcell messaged me. He's like, yeah, this is this is legit. You're going to be all mm-hmm. right. Um and uh, it happened, and it was good. I, uh, it's okay. like a little little drink comes in a glass. Uh, you know, it's a hot glass because it's uh, you know a hot drink, and um, pretty good. It was. I mean, it was almost like I almost wanted to have another one like immediately because it was so small. But I was like, all right, well, maybe this is the reason. You have to pace yourself. Mm. I had a nice breakfast. Um, very good. And what, what's funny is now. Um, well, you messaged me in Australian Cafe yesterday, and I've gotten a couple DMs from different people of like, hey, check out this spot. Check out this spot. So. I'm going to keep it going. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind nice. of it's kind of been a funny uh little like I said a side quest but uh why not? It's been fun. Right. <laughs> so yeah. worth it then. Okay, that's good. Very worth it. see what else happened this week uh well we had um andy murray getting in a little bit of a uh, twitter or x scuffle uh something that i'd love to talk about because i if there's anything that i that drives me absolutely nuts it's when people start to kind of push players into retirement before they're ready or are showing any indication that they're going to i hate this so i and <laughs> maybe you want to give some background story on this one uh, before um, we get into it so I don't remember the journalist's name, but there was a journalist who put out a, a piece from, um, pretty sure it was the BBC, and uh, kind of just, you know, I'm very loosely kind of paraphrasing the entire thing, but just saying like, hey, is, is Andy tarnishing his legacy a bit by going out there and putting up results like these, not looking to be competitive? Uh, obviously, the last match I saw of his, we, we spoke about against Echeverry, and it just it didn't look great. Um and so um, Andy basically re- replies to the tweet, you know, basically saying like I, I, you know, respectfully, like I'm done when I'm done. I know I'm I'm at a at a low point at the moment, uh, but um, you know I'm done when I say I'm done. And uh, then all of a sudden you get Andy Roddick, James Blake, you get all these people, myself included. I just share it just to yeah. put it out there, and the comments are going crazy. Um, yeah, it it was a uh, yeah that was I think Monday or Tuesday last week and that was like yeah. huge huge news across the board. Yeah, I I hated that and I've had this conversation with people before too. I've posted about um, another example, you know, Venus Williams and uh, she hasn't officially announced retirement in any way. Hasn't for the last two or three years. She went through a really rough patch where she hadn't won a match in a long time. Um, and, you know, anytime she decides that she's going to participate in a tournament, she almost always gets a wild card, which I understand the case that people are making. Like, oh, the kid, this takes this takes a spot away from um, somebody who's, 
you know, trying to contend at grand slams for the first time or trying to make a name for themselves and climb in the rankings and how, you know, some people find that to be a little unfair, um, especially if, you know, you're not advancing with that wild card. You're not getting past, you know, that round or first round or second round. But I just totally disagree, especially when you were talking about somebody like an Andy Murray or a Venus Williams that have gone out there. They've proven themselves. They've won grand slams. They're going to be, you know, obvious tennis hall of famers. Um, people want to see them. It puts, it put, it sells tickets. It puts butts in seats. Um, it's a, it's a level of respect for what they've accomplished. Uh, they've worked just like, you know, a younger player trying to get that wild card spot. They've worked their entire life to earn a living playing tennis as well. And I, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't agree when people are trying to push them, push players like that out and say, you know, this is tarnishing their legacy or taking a, a spot from a wild card player. Um, I, I just don't agree with that at all. I and mean, Andy Murray has been, you know, he's had a rough patch right now, but he is beating, you know, top 20 players. He's been playing incredible tennis throughout parts of last year. So, um, yeah, I just, I good, good for all the other players that went out there and defended him, especially Andy Murray of all people who is just like, what an advocate for the game and what an advocate for, you know, other players in the tournament and, um, you know, like, likes to speak out and speak his mind. It's just like totally unnecessary. Just really unhappy with the fact that that reporter decided to take a shot there. Yeah, it's uh, and it's not like Andy's out there. I don't mean to throw shade at Bublik, but sometimes you'll you'll watch a Bublik match and it'll be like, oh well, he just took a set off. Like he just completely, yeah. You know, you'll you'll watch him just go through the motions sometimes, and it's like that's the last thing you'll ever see with Andy Murray. Um, and and yeah, even I think uh, I don't know. I'm not sure where he's at now in the rankings, but like I I feel like he finished last year. He's with still the top highest- fifty with the highest ranking he's had since he's returned. So yeah. it's kind of like he's actually like trending upwards. I don't really understand, you know, a bad a bad match at uh, at the AO doesn't shouldn't count him out. But um yeah, and also just kind of like there is something to be said about, you know, how you said the wild cards. I one of the coolest things very early on, I think it was it was maybe the first Indian Wells after the pandemic. I just happened to be walking the practice grounds and Andy Murray was practicing. And that was probably the coolest thing I saw that whole year is watching him drill with his coach. And I was just like mind blown of like, Oh my God, I'm right here. I'm like one of three people that are watching. It was, it was so cool. So yeah, he's a big draw for tournaments, whether he's getting a wild card or not. I don't think he needs any at this point. Mm -hmm, He's got, mm -hmm. you know, the ranking to, to, to get into these events. But, um, yeah, that was that was interesting. And then the, the BBC reposts all the whole, like, the firestorm. Like, they didn't start the whole thing in the first place. And it was just kind of funny. It's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's weird. I, I just, I really don't like when people do that and kind of, you know, are trying to push people in the direction of retirement. Dominic Team, for instance, just this week. Um, I don't have a lot of notes from it, but, you know, he basically said that, um, this he feels like is his last year to to kind of make a run and see uh, what he's capable of, and that if he Man. doesn't, you know, um, reach the level that he thinks that he's capable of, then it could end up being his his last year for all we know. So, you know, yeah, it's tough seeing some of these legends of the game, and uh, you know, Dominic Team is you know no pushover as well. He's got the one Grand Slam title, and it was somebody who had been hanging around top four, top five for a long time, and and probably could have won more titles had he not had his uh, his wrist surgery. But 
um, yeah, it's, it's it's just tough, and I, I just don't I don't appreciate when reporters and other you know tennis media are kind of asking the questions at every single news conference and almost like pushing them to make an announcement. It's just like let them let them do it at their own time, you know? Right? Yeah. The, the Dominic team that was kind of that got you know kind of glossed over yeah. by the Andy Murray news, but that was big to me too because I was like, damn, okay, he's he's still young. I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's not anywhere close to the level he was where he you know he was contending pretty much at every slam or at least making slam semis pretty regularly um it's either i don't know if it's something like is he playing through pain or is he just not enjoying the process or because it it just kind of seems like all right like you're you know you're not playing great but you're still top level player top 100 you're obviously going to get wild cards where you know you're if your ranking's not not up to par but um yeah, that that was an interesting one. So that's that'll be something to keep track of throughout this year. Um, yeah, that that would be a, a sad thing for me because I just remember being, you know, all in on team. It really seemed like he turned the corner when he won U.S. Open during the pandemic, and then wrist injury, wrist surgery. Yeah, and uh, hasn't hasn't quite been the same. I'm trying to think of who was a. I can't think of anyone recently of like a young promising player that kind of just retired early like this um delpo if, if i mean i guess he's, delpo, he's not as young yeah. but delpo yeah that's probably it because it's kind of like yeah you, you would feel like he still would have like a couple years to give it give it a shot but uh yeah it's got to be it's got to be something like maybe he's playing through pain or, or something is up because it, it's just a bit odd to kind of put it out there this early in the year of like yeah you know what i don't know yeah also uh venus williams news i don't know if you saw it she said uh she might play indian wells she said it's been it's been too oh, long since yeah. I played. Oh yeah, I think I did see something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. well that's great. I mean, already they announced that Djokovic is coming back for the first time since 2019. I know you and yeah. I will both be there, but yeah, it's looking it's looking stacked. I think they're supposed to announce the player field this week. Oh wow, yeah, it's yeah. getting close. Yeah, oh, I know. Wow. I can't wait. Man, yeah. that would be. I mean, I feel like last year was packed <laughs> first weekend. Can you imagine <laughs> if both Rafa and Novak are out there? It would be another yeah. record-setting weekend. Yeah, it's, I don't always, I don't usually buy tickets ahead of time, but this might be the tournament. This might be the, the, the year to do it. It, it, it. We could see some serious, I think the first couple of days last year, the Friday and the Saturday were sellouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be getting in just before that too. So I actually might buy my tickets ahead of time for this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe we'll do a, a segment in the next episode about how, how to go about a tournament if you're going to go to a mm. tournament. But um yeah, if you're if you want to see Novak or Rafa, you don't need to drop five hundred plus dollars to get into yeah. Stadium One on the first weekend. Get yourself a grounds pass, stock the practice courts. There, there. Every tournament, and this goes for any tournament, but every tournament will have an app or some type of posting of the practice schedule. And as long as you're there early, like when the gates open, you're gonna find a good seat. Like last year. I really want. I I kind of had a. I knew I wasn't going to get into Stadium One to see Carlos. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stake out a practice session. And I saw he was on court, you know, practice court one at uh, you know 11:30 or whatever. So as soon as gates open, I just go post myself mm-hmm. front row seat, and I get to see Carlos practice. It was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super excited. Definitely have to do. We got a lot of stuff coming up between San Diego mm-hmm. Open, Indian Wells, all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. we definitely got to do kind of dedicate an episode to talking about that and and how you and I are going to go about it. Um, yeah, I'm going to be there for a whole week, so I, I'm so wow. excited. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, the benefits to unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> nice, not bad. Not bad. Um, or I, I call it self-employment, but yeah. <laughs> Freelance is a better right. term, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what else do we have happen this week? I, did you? I don't have much to say about this, but did you see um, the new season of The Bachelor? I think it's season 28 is out, and the... The uh, the person that is the bachelor this year is like a former Division two tennis player. Joey start, his last name starts with a G. So like all of the commercials and all the promos are like tennis related. And he was at U.S. Open last year for all these like photo ops and everything. Did you see any oh, of that? Wow. No, uh, a friend of ours sent me you know just basically a reel of the promo of you know the bachelor you know on Instagram and uh, yeah. It's kind of like, what? what is this site? I mean, I know The Bachelor <laughs> is a huge thing. There's probably a thousand Bachelor podcasts. Um, I know it's like a huge thing. And it is kind of interesting that like, I guess tennis is having its its moment, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Has, has any of the episodes aired yet? Is this happening? Yeah, I think I think there are maybe like three episodes in or something like that. And, I'm, and this, sounds, this sounds like I've been watching it. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. But I'm just curious about like... Uh, I don't know. Are they going to be taking tennis lessons? Are they going to be playing? It, it sounds like he was a, a legit player, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of, it brings in, uh, I guess, more of conversations that we're going to have about like tennis kind of crossing over into the sphere of popular culture, whether it's movies, Netflix series, sneakers, stuff like that, where it's like, okay, tennis is, is creeping in and it, it's... I. It's not bad. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. awful. I don't. I can't speak for the show. Maybe uh, if someone's listening, send us a DM. Let us know how it's going. Uh, maybe I'll pop in and watch an episode. But uh, no, well, they, not keeping they, track. They did preview like they were showing some clips of them like on a tennis court. So I oh, have man. to think that there's going to be some sort of like tennis date you know, game or something mm-hmm. like that. So it had me thinking, and I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself in the driver's seat of like I'm a producer for the show or I'm like consultant for the show, like. <laughs> we have to come up with a date that's tennis related since they're like doubling and tripling down on this. Have you ever had any like tennis dates or anything like that? No, no. Uh, <laughs> romantic life far from the tennis court. Okay. Um, okay. No, I mean, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, well, I got, I, I got go a couple for, for you. Okay. I I've never been on a tennis date myself. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was trying to think like, okay, if they're going to have a tennis Maybe they'll hire us. Maybe they'll bring us on as a consultant for like a, a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not not really. I'm sure it's already recorded. But um, just thir- <laughs> so I'll give you a few that I came up with. This is just me walking the dogs and nice. having too much time on my hands. So I was just thinking of what they would do. So they have 32 total contestants. So I've got a few written down here. I thought – mostly just came up with fun names. And then I was like, okay, how can I turn this into a, a dating game or something? And the first one that I have here, instead of live ball, it's called love ball. And okay. then the the so you would have all the women out there playing a form of you know live ball, some sort of point system, and then the winner gets to go on like a solo date with the bachelor. Actually, right? that's yeah, that's pretty good. Right, and and the yeah. the whole pitch could be like, hey, I'm Joey G, and um, you know, I want a girl who can hang on the court with me and and is willing to fight for my love or something like that. And then they play like a you know the winner yeah. of the live ball session gets yeah, to go yeah. on a solo date. Yeah, that is uh, that is a, <laughs> I guess a good aspect I guess of of the live ball format. Which if in case anyone doesn't know, it's like a a doubles king of the court, one up, one back, coaches feeding, facilitating. Um, 
to where it's not like it's accessible basically if you're new to tennis if you're not you know comfortable playing full on doubles or a match you can get in get a good workout um so actually that that's a a good realistic idea yeah that, uh, right it's pretty good yeah okay that's what i thought is it what is it abc abc's gotta come gotta come talk to us man yeah you know there's a whole thing where you know <laughs> later i think in a, in a few episodes later we'll talk about the the zendaya movie coming soon and we oh, see yes. promos for this movie or promos for a travis scott sneaker and the grips are all wrong and the tennis yeah. is so weird and it's like man like like this is it we should start a, a consultant agency yes. of like all right you want to do something with tennis like I'll help you. We'll help you. We, we yeah. got you. <laughs> okay, I, I got a, I got a couple more too. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of one with like serve speed and like the whoever has like the highest serve speed, you know, like Oof. wins a date with them or something Tough. like that. Yeah. I mean, they could get kind of. I mean, serving's probably That's a the fun hardest, competition, right? It could be That's called a, yeah. take, take a swing at love. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, I got I got two more. Mm-hmm. Really, one more. Well, I don't even know how to like. Have you ever played Can Jam or it's, it's okay. All right. This is, it's a deep cut. I'm from Buffalo. Okay. It's like invented in Buffalo. It's your partner is on the uh, opposing side of you. You basically have like a plastic can that you like throw a Frisbee towards. And okay. then your, your partner is supposed to assist you by either like hitting it into the can or like, like smit. Like just like smacking a can it. of tennis balls. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I'm talking about Can Jam, which is with a Frisbee. Okay, but like, what's the dimensions of the can? Like, like a trash can, like a ah, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, it, like, it. I okay. was thinking of like a tennis version of that, and it would be like a he's trying to find his doubles partner. Who does he have a good chemistry with? And it uh, could be that the girl has to hit the ball towards him, and there's different buckets on the court, and mm-hmm. he uses his racket to try to deflect them and put them into the bucket. And then oh, if they collect the most points, then you're like, that's his doubles partner. They have the best <laughs> chemistry. So then uh, she wins. That's not bad. Okay. That's actually pretty good because it could like. It took me. A, it took me a while to get talents. to the. Yeah, yeah. It took me a <laughs> yes. while to like get to the point of it, but that's the other one that I had here. <laughs> no, that's that's not bad. That's a good. Uh, that's a good exercise. Even I'm thinking like of a uh, summer camp stuff like that. Obviously, completely yeah. unrelated to like dating, but like just that's a good drill. If someone's just chucking balls at you or hitting balls at you, you have to touch them into uh, you know buckets or yeah, like a big plastic or bucket or something. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. Did good. you did you ever have to like or when you teach like students or kids, do you ever do like the tennis obstacle course where you make them like hold the ball on their racket and like <laughs> run around cones and stuff? Yes, like that? it's it's been a very long time, but yes, <laughs> different different summer camps like with yeah. like little ones even yeah just basically carnival games like just involving tennis in some way uh yeah long long days at summer <laughs> camps that's a that's a i don't know i don't want to say great memories <laughs> but but there's memories <laughs> those you know it's funny like those are the things that you kind of take for granted like I'm I'm actually going to be kind of following your path and and exploring getting coaching certification. But like, you forget the basic fundamental things that you had to learn to learn like hand eye coordination and footwork and stuff. And you you know and those you know like all these like obstacle course things. It really like takes me back to that. And I watch you know I have a friend that that teaches up here and she does all the students, all the kids on the courts and um, and she was doing that the other day. She was having them like where they like roll the ball on the ground and shuffle it with their racket. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, you That's know, good. and like, I was just like cracking up. I'm like, I forgot that we had to do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, well, that's my bachelor, uh, you know, dating game minute. That's good. 
Yeah, and if uh, <laughs> any listeners want to chime in on the show, let us know what's going on. If we should bother tuning in or not, is it good? Is it bad? Please sure. let us know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never. Have you ever watched any season? Any any yeah. of it? Yeah, I have. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, I've never. No, never yeah. have I ever. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It's more of like one of those like things that you know, like the girlfriend was watching, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Why are you watching this trash?" And then I sit down, and I'm like, "This is hilarious." So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they actually they had the one. I don't know where it is, but they had the one season during COVID where they're like, "The show must go on," and they like did the entire thing from La Quinta Resort. So oh. they might have done like a tennis episode oh, wow. there too, because mm-hmm. they basically were like, you know, they had to like quarantine all these the bubble contestants and like have the show happen and they had it all happen at la quinta resort so oh that's cool yeah oh that's beautiful yeah i know obviously i know way too much about the bachelor right now nice no (laughs) guilty pleasures other things that happened this week you've got some notes here um some shoe releases okay big stuff uh you know me if you followed my account i uh i love sneakers i've been into sneaker collecting for a little while only you know what i can afford nothing too crazy um obviously i'm super into tennis so um the official announcement there was like soft news kind of coming out i think last week but uh the Pickleball Slam Part 2 happened yesterday, oh, yeah. I think, or whatever. I don't know. I don't. The only reason I, I know that it happened is because uh, Andre Agassi was involved, and he was wearing a pair of the AirTech Challenge 2s. Um, great shoe, great color, something that I've been wanting to get for a long time. I remember they released, I think, in 2012 or 14. Then they released again a few years later. And uh, have been, you know, just on StockX and resale sites for like $200, $300, $400, depending on your size. Uh, So I'm very happy that this is going to be released again. Uh, It looks like it's going to be with a pre-aged midsole, which is a thing Mm. that they're doing with sneakers these days to make them look vintage and already worn, which is kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, But anyway, so uh, the first look at it, he was wearing them. He wore them on court and off the court, just taking photo ops and stuff like that. He did not play in them. He played in, uh, I think, a Vapor 11 or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is uh, big sneaker news crossover. And I, I feel like uh, Nike, for the past several years, has tried to, to retro a vintage tennis shoe that's had big crossover appeal, at least when they first released. And I think this might be the biggest one. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the hot lava, the challenge court stuff, all of that from back in the day. Anybody, I have people who've messaged me about it before because I I've, I've post a lot about apparel and, you know, and obviously my whole thing was like retro uh, inspired uh, tennis clothing and all of that. Uh, that that stuff's the hardest to get. They they have done like the Nike archives. I bought like a challenge court um, long sleeve T-shirt. It looks great. They made it, you know, they kind of added some patina to it. They made the graphic look cracked like it's been through the wash a few times. Mm-hmm. 
all that stuff's really cool. It, it it's still even though it's not the you know vintage gear from the '90s. I I kind of like the re-releases still because um, yeah, I mean it looks good. It's all great stuff, but it's expensive. And people message me and they've asked me like, oh, where can I get the challenge court? This you know the, like the denim shorts, the lycra, oh, wow. all of that stuff is like hundreds of dollars on resellers, hundreds. And if there's that much demand for it, yeah, why not remake it? They did in twenty. 21 they brought back the u.s open like the 30 year anniversary of the stuff that agassi was wearing at the u.s open with the the neon yellow and blue challenge cord and the denim shorts and there's a couple players that killed it like chapeau looked amazing in it um so yeah i mean there's a demand for it um i those shoes are i I think i'd imagine people are going to buy them but they haven't had a ton of success like you said with some of the re-releases and you've got uh, you know, last year they brought back the, the vapor 9.5s and they, um, uh, you know, didn't do so hot. Yeah. So, um, so there's, you know, the, I guess obviously, so I, I get messages about like, you know, when I posted about the air tech challenge, like, Oh, can, can you play in those? And it's like, I guess you could, but I don't think you would, you would want to. And then same with last year, uh, Nike pushed the Mac attack. Mm-hmm. It's, re- it's returning. And a lot of, can you play in those? It's like, I don't, I don't think want to um and uh well i don't know let's get into this with the the on-court stuff first and then we can get back to like the Mm off-court culture stuff because uh yeah the nike vapor 9.5 re-released last year and there was i feel like for years a beckoning and all this online chatter of like hey bring bring that shoe back you know we want it back the the players you know grigor's still wearing it shapo's still wearing it you know Mm -hmm. the new players aren't really i mean some of the younger generation has been wearing what was the one that they released in uh 20 what was it 22 the what do they call it the nike vapor pro uh the and like i was excited when that came out because it was kind of like all right this is a new sneaker of the same line it's a completely different shape different materials but it just it fit a little bit too narrow for me yep and i just it it was fine but i didn't like it as much as the vapor x and for a a brief history i did make notes on this uh so tinker hatfield legendary sneaker designer uh worked with jordan brand created some of the most famous jordans that you you know you know and possibly collect going back to the nike air trainer one which is another sneaker that we released a few years ago um that's currently just sitting on the shelves which is crazy to me um but anyways so the vapor 9.5 i feel like kind of set the standard obviously the vapor line existed uh before that it started with the vapor 9 2012 you know the the legend or the lore is that Tinker Hatfield worked with Roger to develop the shoe, um, and that's the shoe that Roger wore and won a bunch of Grand Slam titles with. They evolve it into the 9.5, minimal changes, basically the same shoe. Uh, Then eventually they go to the Vapor X or the 10, uh, which I liked, actually. There Mm -hmm. was a few different versions. There was, I think, just whatever, the Vapor X, and then there was the Vapor X Flyknit which fit a little bit differently, but I, I liked it. It kind of had sort of like a booty system, I think. Um, and that's also a shoe that you'll see players still currently wearing. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of, I feel like, the peak when it came to, at least recent, modern era of uh, Nike Court, you know, performance shoes. 
uh, shoes that I played in, wore for years, and then when they evolved it into the the Vapor Pro, it was kind of like, ah, I don't, I don't really know if I like this direction that we're going here. Uh, but it's like, all right, whatever, it's not for me. And then I just switched on to different brands and started finding different shoes. And I was like, okay, this is this is fine. But uh, yeah, there was this huge beckoning and calling for like, hey, bring back the old stuff, bring back the old stuff. I remember an article from Racket Mag, and uh, they brought it back almost exactly a year ago. The 9.5 was re-released. Um, some people didn't like the colorway. I don't find it that bad. It was, I mean, it's a little bit off-putting, but there's like a story behind it, which part of sneaker collecting and part of the reason that like drives me into sneakers is usually there's a bit of storytelling behind a sneaker. So the story behind it, and I'll add the picture here, and is that uh, if you've been to Indian Wells, the winner every year gets gets a mural. And uh, basically the, the side panels are the same kind of artwork that's used on the murals every year for Indian Wells. Shoe drops during Indian Wells or just before. Yep. So it kind of made a lot of sense. It's like, all right, we're not just re-releasing and giving you a shoe just because you want it we're actually doing something with this um and they sat (laughs) they're actually still currently on sale um i think they're like 80 bucks or less on uh, the nike app or wherever you can find them uh they also did another shoe uh which is basically like a u.s open honeydew shoe Mm -hmm. which um okay arguably it's a pink shoe that might be a little bit tougher to match, but still, it's like, all right, hey, if if you just wanted the shoe for performance, you know, purposes, you got it. You got two pairs. You even got, if you told me that they were going to give us a Air Jordan 3, Nike Vapor 9.5 collab, oh my God, this is going to sell out immediately. I mean, I was in, dude, I was on a cruise ship in Europe when they released and i was in such a big panic because (laughs) the wi-fi on the cruise ship i was like on the app trying to get the shoes and i was like oh my god this thing is gonna sell out i had my wife i called her purchase a pair i had people in my dms uh a friend of mine like hey like do you want me to just buy these for you and you can pay me back later so like yes please so i've got three pairs of these shoes uh just because i was in a big panic of like they're gonna sell out and they're currently still on the shelves on the Nike app, so and on sale. So, um, I mean, to all the, the the people and all the chatter of like, hey, you know, take us back, give us a shoe. We had three, I would say, pretty decent versions of like, hey, we're we're doing something. We're not just dropping a basic shoe. Um, and you didn't buy it. You didn't want it. So <laughs> if you're if you're if you're making Cold a out. push. Yeah, I mean, if you're making a, a push to like, all right, Nike, do this. You're you're messing up. Like what is the, you know, what's the motivation there? They, they, they gave us what we wanted and like, we didn't want it. I don't know. Uh, well, why do you think that is? I think per, I'll add Go ahead. one thing to it. I mean, mm-hmm. they're releasing the shoes at like $180 now. And I, you yeah. know, and quite honestly, I mean, there, there are better tennis shoes than, than Nike. I understand that Nike is still like the king in footwear, but um, I don't know that like the tennis audience has really fully digested the willingness to pay that much. It wasn't three, four, you know, and there's obviously a lot of factors there, but it was you know two, three years ago that the most expensive tennis shoe on the market was 150, and now you're seeing stuff for like 200 dollars. You know, Lacoste was kind of the first to like break the 150, mm-hmm. 160 range, and then you know all the new Nike shoes are coming out at like 180 dollars. And I, I just, you know, 
great that these shoes are coming back, but um, people who are using them for tennis use them for half a year and then they're gone. You know, like if you're really burning through your shoes and you're using them, um, I, I try to rotate two or three pairs just so I don't blow through my favorite shoes so fast. But yeah. to me, it's like 180 bucks and like the shoes aren't that great performance wise, you know, compared to some of the others. I don't know. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. You're paying top price for technology that came out more than 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a very good point. Um, I think maybe the colors, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. I think if they maybe would have released just kind of like what you see Grigor wearing, usually a pretty generic white with maybe a black swoosh or something like that that goes with pretty much any outfit, maybe that could have did, done better. They did release uh, a colorway with no storytelling, no anything. It's like kind of a cream leather um, with a blue swoosh. Looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Still still sitting on the shelves um i'm not sure and and it could be maybe just that the market has moved on i know there was a bunch of chatter bring it back but i you know kind of my my personal thing is once you know i tried the nike uh vapor pro didn't like it i started trying asics for the first time and i was like wow these are actually amazing amazing shoes and then that kind of led me to well maybe i should try because i was always just buying nike shoes because that's you know they're cool nike's like an awesome brand but uh that kind of started my journey of you know trying Diodoras, trying you know Wilson shoes or Head shoes or the On sneakers. So yeah, it's uh, the Nike stuff is it, it's been interesting. I think everyone, no matter what, is going to be tuned into what they're doing uh, because uh, they're just they're Nike. You know they have such a big presence in you know on tour and kind of in the tennis community, just on court off court every sport basically um a lot of shoe talk (laughs) but uh yeah it's just that's something that was fascinating to me i'm like all right hey like they gave us what we wanted and it just seems like it it was kind of a dub like if yeah well i also think they kind of like created a culture where that we've gotten used to where you know the shoe is going to come out they're going to have a new colorway for basically every season that's what they do they you know they release what the kits are going to look like they release what the shoes are going to look like for the year and then they just change the colors and you know that at the tail end of each season they're just going to be on the discount bins or you know for you know in the clearance and sale on tennis warehouse so they've also like created this culture of you're like oh i don't need to buy it right away i think i've only been burned maybe once or twice where i was like dang i really wish that i'd bought them in this color before they sold out and they stopped making them but they've just like most people most tennis uh players i think are just used to being like oh yeah those are cool i'll get them in four months when they're half off right right absolutely i don't know interesting stuff also i think a big part of it is how how does it look with the full kits in a mm-hmm. way because the, the only vapor the only shoe you kind of touched on it where i i did i was able to get a pair but i wish i would have gotten more is there was a vapor pro that was worn at the u.s open maybe two years ago where it had like a gum sole it was like a, yes. a blue almost leather type of swoosh that was yeah. really nice yeah i remember that, that was one really nice that i wish i would have had more pairs of because it kind of went with a lot of things and it just mm-hmm. looked good and then, you know, last year, the Mac attack, they're trying to kind of build this up. They have a, a crossover moment with Travis Scott yeah. and John McEnroe. And I, it was cool, but then also I think it was a bit, like, too much. They went, they leaned in, like, 
very hard into it, which is like, all right, like they, they released this video where Travis is playing tennis and it's just obviously it's not going to be great because tennis is very difficult, but it's like, hey, take take the time and have somebody on the set. Just put them in the right grip, you know, it's like at least that. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, obviously the the reverse swoosh one sold out because it's just, that's a official Travis Scott thing and, you know, he's got a massive following just on his own. Uh, but yeah, they just re-released the OG colorway that when it first dropped, sold out immediately. And I don't know if they basically released it only in limited quantities, uh, just to kind of create some hype. Then they released the Cactus Jack with the reverse swoosh. And yeah. then like two weeks ago, they re-release again, the OG colorway. And, uh, I was stoked. I was able to get my pair, but also kind of just sitting at the moment, so um, it seems like Nike has tried to do a few things to sort of manufacture some hype for, you know, some retro tennis shoes um, having a crossover moment, which I I appreciate the effort. Uh, did it work perfectly? I don't really think so. But I think uh, this stuff with Agassi is going to hit a little bit different just because I feel like he's a much bigger crossover star than let's say McEnroe and the shoe has so much more lore behind it. Um, we'll see what their campaign is to try to bring it out. I mean, I, I, I'm not crazy that the first look was at a pickleball, pickleball. event. Yeah. <laughs> not yep. really crazy about that, but that just seems to be what Agassiz, you know, doing these days. And even though it was nice to see him at the AO kind of hanging out, I saw a video of him chit-chatting with, Carlos, which which was cool. Um, so, and rumor is he's going to be around tennis a little bit more this year, and it makes sense if they're going to be pushing his sneaker line again. Um, beyond tennis, I mean, they just didn't renew Tiger Woods for golf. And, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, it would be interesting to see if golf is a bigger market than tennis. I, I imagine it would be. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, if they're, if they're cutting corners on something as major as Tiger Woods and golf, I wouldn't expect much from Nike court and Nike tennis, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it just clears the space a little bit for some of the smaller brands that we've talked about, which which I'm into. Um, Doing good work. Know, but, yeah. Anything else on the sneaker watch? Uh, I don't know. I feel like that wasn't my most coherent moment there. I was kind of all <laughs> over the place, but that's what you get with me. Um, at the moment, no. Um I'm sure more things will come up. We'll see. But uh, at the moment, no, I think, um, I think I've covered it sufficiently. tournaments that wrapped up i'll breeze through those real quick so uh in the last week after the australian open you had uh bublik winning in montpellier that's his fourth title he wins over korich um he's I, I don't know if you saw this he's the first player to win an atp title losing the first set of each match on his way to the actual uh championship match so um, including the final itself he, he lost the first set to chorich and then ended up winning it so um yeah pretty pretty crazy i mean bublik is 
he's just he's kind of always there. He's a bit of a goofball of a character, but you know he's got four titles now. Um, so I mean, pretty impressive stuff from him there. Yeah, Bublik activities by far. <laughs> like, and you know, obviously we're getting into the realm now of like no more best of five, best of three. Now you can you can get away with dropping a set every round. I mean, obviously he's the first person to ever do it, but uh, yeah, he's a streaky player. Get him indoors in controlled conditions on a quicker court, and he's he's dangerous when he's motivated. And uh, he was motivated this week. Yeah, what do you think of the, uh, the the court colors there? The pink on the outside and the navy blue on the the actual court. Yeah, I think the last time we spoke, I was on the uh, the tournament in Thailand. I was like, oh, isn't that the pink court? I didn't expect uh, the men's to have it too. Actually, it, it looked it looked good. It wasn't completely yeah. you know off putting on the TV. It translated well. You could track the ball well. Um, uh, yeah, that was a that was a nice surprise. It's kind of cool to see. I think. Uh, Within some realm, uh, tournaments should kind of play with the color schemes because why not? Um, uh, so yeah, I liked it. I do too. You see that you see that in college a lot, where the the mm-hmm. court colors will be signature to like the school colors. And as long as it's nothing like offensive or like you said, doesn't translate to TV that well. Um, I think it's great. I, I think I think it could be a draw for a tournament. I'm like you know I'm thinking about uh, our friends at the courts out in Borrego Springs too and. Um, you know, we were talking about the Madonna Inn with their hot pink court. I mean, that's a little <laughs> aggressive, but, you know, it becomes this kind of uh, this like signature piece, you know, some attraction to the tournament or some reason to visit. And when it's kind of phonogenic like that, I, I think it's really cool. And I, I something I personally would love to see more on the tour. I think, I think they could get a little bit more creative with the colors. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I agree with you. I thought it was a pretty good looking court. Do you remember? I actually don't think this exists anymore. World Team Tennis. Yeah, yes. you remember the rainbow court? <laughs> yes, yeah. Where, where each eat like the service boxes were all different colors. Everything and stuff. was a different. Yes. Yeah, that's a I little to, gimmicky. <laughs> I, I I played on one of those courts and it was crazy. Like it was distracting. Just so, yeah, it was so weird. Okay. Like, um, yeah, not at the club where I'm currently at, but different club hosted the event and, uh, yeah, they just left. Basically, they came, painted the court, and just left it like that. And uh, it was so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean for like a marketing campaign or something like that. Cool. Sure. You know, I think Lacoste did a court where it was pretty like crazy painted over in Paris. And that was before the French open last year. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe not to that extreme, but I do think it, you know, it is cool to see when the tours have a little bit different color palette, at least especially the smaller ones kind of gets your attention a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, also, I do want to point out now, since we're kind of, we'll get to the other results, but uh, maybe something to watch on the show, uh, trophies. What was the best mm. trophy that week? I have yeah. I have a winner in mind. I, I kind of saw everything. I'll, you know, as I'll let you go through the results, but yeah. uh, something to, to look out for as a, as a series, maybe. Okay. I think, I think you're thinking of the ones in Lintz, right? The one that mm-hmm. Ostapenko won, because I think she even mentioned it. Um, but yeah, Ostapenko wins in Linz over, uh, Alexandrova. Um, that's her, her, uh, second single title title of the year. She won in Adelaide. Um, it's her eighth career title and, uh, somebody who's really off to a strong start as far as the women go. Um, she now has been in four different events and she's been in a final in all four of them. And I'm including the, the doubles final at Australian open into that. So, um, somebody who just like, yeah, I mean, she's, she's killing it right now. Ostapenko is maybe having the strongest start to the year, uh, at least on the women's side from a consistency standpoint. And was that yeah. the trophy you were talking about? 
I was talking about a different one. Um, oh, okay, okay. But uh, on Ostapenko, this is almost uh, sort of a carryover from how she finished last season. Didn't win any titles, but basically made runs into, I believe it was the quarters of San Diego, then went pretty far into uh, Guadalajara, the 1000. So she, uh, and they, you know, I was in the media room when they asked her, you know, are you really making a push to to make the top eight to WTA finals? And she said, this is definitely a goal of mine. I'm, you know, I'm obviously doing everything I can to try to finish strong and uh, has kept that momentum all the way into the new season. And that's, uh, yeah, kind of slept on. No, not a lot of recognition about making the doubles final in, in the AO, but uh, yeah. And um, I'm not sure how this affects the rankings, but this has got to put her somewhere pretty close to the top 10 now, I would say. Yeah, I mean, she's somebody who she won the French Open final um, when she was, you know, it was maybe, well, I can't remember the year, but we're looking back maybe four, four, years, ago, maybe. four years ago or so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, somebody who's, yeah, she, she's, she has it in her and somebody who's super dangerous when she's on. Um, you just kind of another player that could be a little streaky and have an uncharacteristic loss. I mean, I know uh, she has the, I don't know, there's, I don't know if there's any stats to, to back this up, but she has like one of those, uh, those records where she'll win a set like six Oh, and then she'll lose the next one, like Oh six. And she's like, you're like, okay, well, which Ostapenko are we going to get? Um, but yeah, super consistent start to the year for her playing really aggressive and, um, you know, gets uh, her second title of the year already. And we're only a month in. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other result from last week was Schneider, the Russian, um, 19 years old. She was ranked 108 in the world. She moves up to 73. She upsets the defending champion at the Thailand open Ju, and she wins her first career title. Uh, didn't get a chance to watch this one, but I did have one note. Um, Schneider was rocking a bandana, noticeable because there's not too many players wearing bandanas. If, if, if I mean, I, don't, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head at all. Uh, but best bandana from the past. Who who do you got? Whoa. You know when I was what I was literally just thinking about is I was trying to think about like who's done bandanas before. I was like I should yeah. go through your profile feed. I bet I could find <laughs> a couple of great examples. Oh, I'm ready to I'm ready to fire oh, off the hip. Man, you go ahead. Take okay. uh, take the reins. Well, Agassi's one of the more obvious ones that come to mind because mm-hmm. he he was rocking a bandana. But yeah, I think you would see it more on the women's side because they would wear the headbands a lot, and it was kind of like a late eighties, early early nineties thing. And I mean, the obvious choices are like Gabriella Sabatini and um, even Steffi was wearing like you know like a white tied up one. Um, but Schneider actually like very closely resembles another player from the eighties, Andrea Temesveri. And um, if you look at her side by side, I'm, I'm telling you, they're kind of like a spitting image of one another and uh, another great player from, from the 80s there. So, um, yeah, anybody coming to mind bandana-wise? Man, uh, no. I mean, you got it. To <laughs> okay. me, for me, it was Agassi. I yeah. mean, uh, that's kind of like classic. And any any you're right. It's basically that era. I, yeah. I don't think we've seen anyone. I feel like maybe I there's a picture of James Blake doing it, like, Okay, yeah. A few years ago. Yep. But it doesn't look as good as when I guess it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much yeah. as I like James Blake. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and this is my trophy of the week. Uh, this trophy. I don't know if you've seen it. It, it looks cool. Like, it's... Uh, I, I just remember kind of going through, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is the best. Ostapenko's isn't bad. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's funny that you... I, I caught a little bit of the match yesterday. I got to the courts at my club super early to try to squeegee if I needed to, and luckily... I didn't really need to. And um, 
yeah, I was just kind of watching the match and watching the trophy presentation. They had it on the tennis channel on, and I was like, oh, nice. This uh, this is cool. I like I like the bandana. Mm-hmm. I remember she played somebody really tight uh, at the U.S. Open last year, and it's kind of like, wow, I've never seen her before. You know, she's pretty good. And I th- I must have followed her on Instagram. She committed to a Division One school somewhere here mm. in the U.S. and uh, must have decommitted because obviously she's out winning WTA trophies. And uh, I feel like the college season is actually just started, I think. Mm. So uh, I don't know. That's something I like to keep track of is when a young player is kind of making this decision. Do I go pro? Do I go college? And um, I think it was a good choice. Obviously, yeah. first, first title, um, good player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that wraps up the stuff from last week. Um, there are some tournaments to talk about coming up starting today. A um, lot of tournaments ramping up. Um, there are three ATP 250 events and four WTA events happening this week, so seven total tournaments. Um, running through them really quick, I'm sorry, three and three, so we've got six tournaments happening. Uh, you've got Dallas Open, where Yibing Wu was the defending champ. He's not there, though, so you have the top three seeds, All-Americans, Tiafo, Paul, and Shelton. Uh, Manorino's the four. I didn't put him on there, but I know that's your guy, so I'll shout him mm-hmm. out. Uh, you have look out. What was that? Indoor tournament. Look out. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it indoor? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, uh, you have uh, Province France, where Hercash is the defending champion. He's the one seed. And then you have Cordoba in Argentina, where Baez is the uh, defending champ. Um, tons of Argentinians, Argentinians all over the uh, the mm-hmm. draw there. Uh, and he is the two seed Baez. And then in the WTA side, you've got a 500 event in Abu Dhabi uh, where Benchich, Benchich is the defending champ. Um, she's not there, but it is a stacked draw. I don't know if you saw yeah. that one. Osaka yeah. has Collins in the first round, and the winner of that <laughs> goes on to play Rabakana. Um, yeah, that one is that that one is is stacked. I'm definitely going to tune into that one a little bit. Same. Yeah, we have a 250 event, the Transylvania Open in Romania, where Korpash is the defending champion. Um, she's there as an unseated uh, contender. Um, and then you have a 125 event in Mumbai, India, uh, which is the first time that they've had that event since 2018. Uh, Kayla Day, uh, shout out Santa Barbara. Uh, mm-hmm. Kayla Day is the one seed there. She actually was upset this morning by a player ranked 336th from India. Um, Yamala Pali, I uh, had not heard of her. I did not watch the match. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, cool to see, uh, more, uh, India tennis thriving. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Transful Transylvania is a funny one. I don't know if you've kind of watched it in the past. They really lean into the Dracula thing. No, do they? Oh yeah, dude. They, they sometimes bring out a dude in the Dracula cape out there. Bats. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good Instagram follow. Okay, well, I'll have to <laughs> yeah. check that one out. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think we're good. I think we got everything that we wanted to talk about for the week, yeah? And then some, yeah, I would say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll uh, we'll record again next week, maybe Sunday, Monday again, something like that. Um, just try to stay consistent with this uh, Monday new episodes uh, between Grand Slams. Um, we'll you know, see what kind of news pops up throughout the course of the week. We'll see what happens at the, uh, the tournaments that we mentioned before. And, um, yeah, it's been fun. Tony, we'll chat again next week. All right, man. See ya. Stay dry. All right. See ya. Oh, stop it. Just stop it, Benoit Pair.
is what these two do, just put smiles on people's faces.